It's almost time to switch. <clears throat> it's almost time to switch seasons in Colombia. The football season slowly winding down, and multiple winter sports quickly shifting into gear. It's time to switch seasons. You should do a uh, slam poetry. <laughs> you killed that. I can't snap. But, yeah. You can't snap. No. Is that is that for real, or are you just fucking with us? I can't snap. Those? I can't whistle. I can't snap either. I, I guess I can't whistle, but I can't snap. See, did anybody have like basic, like just regular music class in middle school? Because yeah. they would make us like do snapping and that. And up until like oh, fourth no. grade, I couldn't snap and I, I felt was, so I was inferior. Good as a recorder, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, chorus. Absolutely. I was in that until like seventh grade. I was in a couple of musicals. <laughs> I was in Aristocats. Wait, really? Yeah. That's awesome. That was good you should have been in Cats. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, you could have taken James Corden's role. Hey everybody, welcome to the Squawk, episode like eighteen now or something like that. We're almost Today at we're twenty, Stephen. About cats, the yeah. musical. <laughs> we're, actually, movie. we're actually having an unconventional episode today because we're gonna be talking a lot about sports. Hell yeah. yeah. Big Hell sports guys yeah. here. Um, and then later, uh, so first we got the print edition sports. Uh, for Daily Gamecock, and then later we'll be talking Banshees of Inisherin, a movie that we saw last week. But first, it also has to do with sports. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> totally. Sort of cutting your fingers out. Um, <laughs> uh, but we got to start out by reintroducing former guest and uh, key collaborator and creator of the Squawk, Michael Sauls. How you I doing? Be a sports guy. It's yeah. been a while. I know. I, I love the key collaborating creator because it reminds me I just put my name on this for fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you 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 helped us get everything settled and set up at at, at the start, and I I was the angel investor behind the scene who got <laughs> this right, going, yeah, and good. then I let you guys just roll I, with I, it I from there. I heard that term yesterday. I know what that means now. Good job, Max. Yeah, explain it. Learned that one from Ozark. <laughs> the the guy who starts it, Elon Musk did it for one company that I forgot. PayPal. Yeah. Definitely not Twitter. Yeah, not Twitter. <laughs> no, not Twitter. What's what's like? Is he the devil investor of Twitter? Oh, like he no. came in and like <laughs> afterwards and destroyed it. Who wouldn't want uh, everyone to have a blue check mark and complete chaos? That's. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Blank Check, which I've told you guys about a million times. They like do director filmographies. One of their hosts, who's also like a comedian, does like Disney is in Disney movies and stuff. <laughs> He's in this Disney movie Disney called. <laughs> he's in this Disney movie called Disenchanted that comes out in like a week, and he's supposed to be on the press tour for it right now, like tweeting stuff. But he has a joke switched his, after Elon said like, you, "If you're a parody account, you have to say this is a parody." So he made his profile picture Elon Musk profile picture and changed his name to Elon Musk. And he specified in his like fake Elon Musk tweets that it was a parody, and he still got banned. Damn. And now Damn. he's like, "Well, how am I going to promote this film?" Because. <laughs> I thought comedy was now legal on Twitter. Yeah, know. right? He said comedy was legal. So you Thanks can a lot, say Elon. hate speech freely, but you cannot satirize the, the face of Elon Musk. Yes. Well, if uh, the election results last night showed us anything, uh, Elon's campaigning did not matter in the end. So That's fair. He said he was an independent-minded voter, but he's voted Democrat in every election prior to this one. So. Yeah, I mean, he just... He just goes with the flow. I mean, I guess that is more independent than some people, the fact that he switched. But, yeah. Anyways, guys. Michael, we got print to talk about. Yes, we do. Take us away. What What is this edition all about? Switching seasons. Yeah, so uh, this was supposed to be, you know, just a winter sports thing, and then it kind of ended up being our de facto basketball preview. Um, we have two things that are non-basketball related in this entire thing um you're right you're right there's one feature about the basketball band so like it's even basketball related and then we have one thing about the swim team um but no this is really michael you're forgetting the best clip in that entire edition the recipes the (laughs) the homemade sauerkraut recipes homemade sauerkraut and chili if you want a recipe richie and i slave (laughs) over those 600 words what was your favorite recipe of the two probably the chili (laughs) i'm not a big i like sauerkraut fine i like it it's good i don't think i've ever had sauerkraut yeah it just sounds not homemade sauerkraut it's good on like a 
like a brat dog, like a brat dog with some sauerkraut and like mustard. Obviously, you know, this is too late to make this decision because it's already out. I just never understood why for a recipe we did like how to make the topping type of thing. Like oh, it's like, sauerkraut. Like sauerkraut is essentially a topping. Yeah. And well, we went from, hey, let's make chili and then let's just go make <laughs> sauerkraut. Well, you could put the sauerkraut on top of the chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that is I don't know. I don't know if that would be. I know the, the online mix. version of the article does have stuff about. Um, yeah, I recommended two restaurants. That are yeah, yeah, for exactly. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what are the two and, restaurants? Uh, you know, this is not a, an, ori- an original take, but it's, it's, I feel like a valid take. It was um, Thirsty Fellow and Village Idiot. Okay. I feel like, you know. Thirsty Fellow is quite literally right by the arena. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's a natural fit if and you can't get in. Village Idiot, I feel like, you know, it's so been said place? before, but yeah. yeah. And Five Points, I feel like it's the best place to go. Good it's, atmosphere to and, catch a game. And it's like the sports place, too. Like, you know, it literally has like a lineage with the sports journalist. What's that guy's name? David Cloninger from yeah. the PNC. Yeah. What a guy. Talk again. Hi. You guys are quiet. Uh, what's up? God damn My it. name is Max White. My name is Max Hartwell White. <laughs> <laughs> I live on 308 Negra Royal Lane. My brother, Hank Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> All right, try again. Hi. What's up? This is Max Hartwell White. <laughs> Why the fuck? I feel like it's almost just picking you guys up on this one, and it's mm. not even. Okay, so like this. Hello. Just kiss, Mike. Try it again. Did, did you just adjust the gain? Yeah. Hello. Try, try turning it up. Hello, hello, hello. I just yeah. turned turned it up even more. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Hey, what's Max? up? Max. Max. Steven. Max. Steven. <laughs> this is so weird. Richard Nixon. <laughs> I do not have a Not Richard Nixon. <laughs> if the president does it, it's not only It's like Futurama. Nixon. Okay, go again. Hello? Richard Max, Nixon? Max, 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 Max. Did you put that together when you were watching Breaking Bad that you were related to Walter White? Oh, really? Hello, yeah. hello. Also, no, I, I, never, I never realized you had the same last name. <laughs> as a... Breaking Bad fans in this room, I have been meaning to talk to you guys. It really puts the whole show in another light, hearing all this Murdoch stuff, you know? Is it Murdoch Murdoch? I've heard Alec, I've heard Alex, I've heard Murdoch, I've heard Murdoch. I don't literally no idea. <laughs> I could not answer I'm that question. I'm pretty sure it's Alec Murdoch. Um, what's another thing? I'm just gonna flip through page by page. I won't get into extreme detail with each one because we'll be here all day. Oh, we should talk about the letters to the editor from we the should. coaches. I, I agree. I agree. Well, that's actually First, that's cool. Let's talk about the letter from me, <laughs> the managing um, editor. Letter from the managing editor. This is my second letter from the managing editor. First is when we introduced this podcast. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, I do remember. Um, we do. One, Very grateful. That one was easy to write because that was just me being a sarcastic like asshole in it like just like because you know the world needs another podcast when i started. yeah i mean our goal here is to be sarcastic assholes exactly. so it fit the grown theme. from two sarcastic assholes to basically three maybe yeah. four yeah um, so um, that's a feat so yeah this was hard to write because i one hate writing about myself like cover letters the worst yeah. um and so this was kind of hard to write because it was a little bit i tried to make it you know not i don't even know how to describe it but yes we're switching seasons, but also, like, I graduate in December, so, like, I tried to, like, add that theme into it. Like, kind of, like, very surface level got into the fact that seasons are switching, not only on the court, but in life. Holy shit. Um, yeah, I know, crazy. Um, but, yeah, so I think probably my pride and joy of this is the fact that I got letters to the editors from South Carolina men's head basketball coach Lamont Paris and South Carolina women's head basketball coach Don Staley. Um, How easy was that process? <laughs> it was not easy. You just you text them, they send it to you like two hours later? Yeah, no, I, yep. I have I have Lamont's number. I texted him um, every day for a month. Just, hey, just a reminder. Hey, just a reminder. Saw him L- at Media literally Day. Literally every day? Yeah, literally every day. Saw him at Media Day. Just a like, wall of just blue? Yeah, no, no literally no gray. It was all blue, no gray. Oh, okay. And then the day before, it was due to the printers. He texted me back, here's a Google Doc. Um, no, uh, essentially I, I emailed you know the sports information directors strategically uh, a month and a half in advance, knowing that they would get bogged down um, and busy. And we got Dawn's first. Um, shout out Diana Koval, the, the SID for the women's basketball team. 
Um, she's always been great to work with. She's always been great to Daily Gamecock. Um, Women's basketball, once again, does yeah, better than the men's. Exactly. Um, Michael DeBates got us the, um, the SID for the men's basketball team, got us the letter from Lamont. Um, I was worried about that one for a little bit, not going to lie, because <laughs> I know Lamont has been super kind of iffy with the media since he's gotten here. Not in the sense of he hates media, but in the sense of, I guess, it just kind of seems like he doesn't want to do a lot. He just hates media. you. Yeah, he just <laughs> hates me specifically. Um, but yeah, so we got letters from both, which is pretty cool and exciting. Um, our first piece of non-basketball content on page eight is the Gamecock swimming and diving team. Um, their head coach, I joke, essentially got gaslit into retiring um, a year and a half ago. Not actually. That was just, you know, just me making stuff up like oh, a true okay. fake news journalist I am. Um, <laughs> right, of course. But uh, they hired Jeff Poppel. What's and, fake news? Yeah. <laughs> fake news is... Yeah. The Clemson Tiger. Whatever yeah, the Clemson Tiger. Yeah, whatever their thing is. The best newspaper in the state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Please, have you guys won four straight best... Uh, <laughs> best website design? Wait, do they, do they claim that on their website? Yeah, so at the SC Press Association Awards last year, they all showed up in T-shirts and hoodies that said best oh, newspaper in South Carolina. Oh, I remember that. Which is yeah, factually false. Because Audrey... Um, asked Jen Madden from the SC Press Association to send us the winners from as far back as they can go. And they don't have any data past 2016, I think was the number. No, 2006. And South Carolina has won. The Daily Gamecock has won all but four. And so I was like, come on. Yeah. Um, I put that on my resume, general excellence, SCPA. Yeah, no. I, I put that I've won two. Like I, if you win one, put it you, on your Noah, you won one for something. Yeah. You, your won, name was on there. I won the... Me, Joe, and Liv won the social media award. There you go. I still haven't um, won one. Very disappointing. So hey, you've got time. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we have an article about the 27 new additions to the swim and dive team. Um, there's a lot of roster turnover um, between this year and last year and Pavel's first year. It's pretty crazy. Um, Cam Dixon, our assistant sports editor, who uh, sent the South Carolina women's soccer team to the SEC championship game with an awesome penalty kick. Shout out, Cam. Um, then we have a preview by Nathan Baco, one of our beat writers for men's basketball. Um, yeah, the men's basketball team season is going to be very interesting. I think. Were you making the tournament? No, absolutely okay. not. <laughs> All right. South Carolina beat SC State by three points last night. I saw that. That is not. Gonna, they're not going to play in the tournament. Yeah, one of my group chats is popping off. Like anybody bet on this game? It was like hell. No, <laughs> no. I think you know. I think they have some potential. Are um, you worse or better than last year? We have Gigi, right? Yeah, that's one player. We lost Eric Stevenson, though. You the, did. Yes, so that's, that's a huge good. loss. Um, we lost Wildens. <sighs> you did. Yeah. The but. coach's son. <laughs> that's another. You I, did, I, but. I, <laughs> I, I say that as a joke because yeah. <laughs> um, freshman year, I had I knew a mutual friend, and I was trying to be a manager for the basketball team. <laughs> so I got his number and texted oh him a God. bunch of times asking if he could get me in with, like, one of the assistant coaches or something, yeah. and he just never responded to me. So Damn. whenever he gets the ball and does something stupid, did something stupid in a game, I'd always boo him. I'd be like, too good for me, huh? Too bad you suck. Yeah. Well, now um, he's up at UMass with Frank. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dude, when I went to Red Sox game over the summer, Frank threw out the first pitch at Fenway. That's so funny. And we, we were booing him. We were like, South Carolina hates you, because uh, there were, like, five of us. We don't funny. actually hate him, but yeah. Frank Martin, I have not – I've interacted with him twice outside of a basketball, like – Thing. I like he literally like would sit next to me at church when I was like <laughs> young a couple times. But wow. once I got in college, I interacted with him like twice in a media perspective outside of basketball. He was a phenomenal guy. Um, he just you know rubbed people the wrong way as a coach. And I personally don't think a lot of recruits can play under him in like this generation because he's just so like hard nosed like can flip the switch and. I remember you know, he would a lot like, of be screaming. Kids. Lots of lots of screaming. yeah, lots of screaming from Frank Martin. Um, but yeah, back to the print. Gigi Jackson is gonna be good. Um, he's a 17 year old though, and so I think you'll see a lot of that this season. Jacob Phillips, our assistant um, sports editor and roommate of Max's. That's true. Mark? Yeah, yep. that's what I thought. He lives with you. He does. Wow. Yeah. Um, did a really good mm-hmm. um, feature on him and just kind of how he got to South Carolina after you know he's a 17 year old who was the first ever to decommit from North Carolina in the modern recruiting era. It was hmm. pretty insane did you guys get gg for that article yeah so almost every basketball article in here we got all of our quotes from media day because we knew we weren't gonna be able to get one-on-ones with anybody just I remember jacob was scared gg wasn't gonna be at uh oh luckily we got every single player every okay. single player on the roster was made available me and jacob went and essentially got all of the quotes for every article used in this story um which is a piece i hadn't even really thought about until now 
Um, Efficient. For, yeah, for men's basketball. Um, for women's basketball, um, we pulled a couple from press conferences, but um, we they had a kind of a car wash thing. Not like literally a car wash, but they had uh, six players made available, and I was the only one that got the email, so Why I went. they call it a car wash? You know, I thought you just... were actually, they were car wash. No, not a literal <laughs> car wash. I was like, that seems kind of. There was no other, there's no other good way to describe it, but essentially they sat them down I at tables. Like there is a better way And then they just let me go, wash. they let me go to each one and get quotes from the As people. If, so you're the car and they're washing you? <laughs> it's, a, it's a quotes buffet. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, that's, that's a good better. one, a quotes yeah. buffet, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so me and Jacob kind of busted our ass to get quotes for this um and then you know our our writers did a really good job of putting it all together for um really good stories shout out to emmy and lauren the yeah. news writers yeah so the next one we have our carolina basketball band um written by emmy and lauren like max said um nice edited little story by me. edited by max correct. <laughs> uh yeah it was a nice little story about the the basketball band and just kind of you know the, the energy they bring to games um all it's that electric stuff. It, as they say yeah that is what the headline says <laughs> <laughs> I would describe the basketball game energy as electric. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason the women's team has led, you know, the nation in attendance yeah. the past. Did you go to the first game? I did not. Mm. I did no not ring attend. ceremony for you? No ring ceremony I'm for me. I'm going to the Clemson uh, men's game tomorrow. I was really excited to go to that, um, but I will be driving to Florida to cover the football game, uh, so I will not be. you got to hit up Micaiah. You know, I might. I might have to text her. For context... Uh, Micaiah is the editor in chief of the fl- Alligator, yeah. is what they call it, and she yeah. interned with Stephen and I at the state newspaper mm. this summer. Oh, nice! Um, so shout out Micaiah. Doubt she'll listen to this, but yeah, if she does, no shout out Micaiah. Yeah, zero chance. Send it to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, next story. Jacob wrote a preview about our women's basketball team. Um, I mean, I think they go back to back this year. I would be su- extremely surprised if they trip up and don't win another national championship. Um, I mean, you saw just how dominant they were in the season opener where they beat East Tennessee State 101-31. to 31. Um, It's like my intramural basketball games. Yeah. I won't say which uh, which side of the... Is, is the, it really a square yeah, intramural No, it, was, it would be more like 10 to like 60, and then it'd be called... You play on the same team as Jacob? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've heard uh, you guys aren't that good. Well, you know, Jacob could dribble and everyone else couldn't, really. Are you on the team? Uh, yeah, this was last year. We switched to a more manageable sport of kickball. There you <laughs> this go. semester. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was invited, but I did not have the availability yeah. for the team. Sorry, Max. I actually put that on my resume. Outfielder slash catcher of intramural kickball. Really? Yeah, on extracurriculars. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, I was like, where does that fit in? Yeah, <laughs> and small forward for intramural basketball. I mean, if that doesn't secure you a job at SCPA exactly. this summer, I don't know what yeah. It's my Max running the three like God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think the women's team is going to be phenomenal per usual. Um, they bring back every starter but one um, from last year. Destiny Henderson is obviously in the WNBA. Um, they lost a couple people to the portal, but I honestly was not surprised by that. Um, when you have such a talent-loaded roster, you're going to lose people because not everybody can play. Um, starting lineup was kind of interesting. They had uh, Raven Johnson, who was out all last year starting at the point guard spot. Um, she did looked really good against um, against East Tennessee State, so I think that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, they're gonna be good. And then the next one we have shout out Griffin for working really hard on this uh, Leticia Amihir story. Um, she's a senior forward on the women's basketball team from Canada, um, often one of the forgotten members of the 2019 recruiting class. And by forgotten, I mean I forgot she was a member of that recruiting class. Um, she like she had like two season-ending injuries in high mm. school and enrolled early, which is why I forgot that she was a member of that 2019 class. She enrolled early to like get treatment on said injury, um, but she is like one of the epitomes of like a student athlete in the sense of she's on NCAA committees, um, has played for the Canadian women's basketball team. Oh, she also started a nonprofit over the summer called Back to the Motherland, where she like goes back to Africa and like helps communities and you know kind of like a, a fellowship and outreach through basketball um, which is kind of cool so griffin did a really good job um, with that story um then a more interesting one uh benjamin bossman's verdonk which is a sick name um benjamin's bossman's verdonk hmm. that's his real name that is his real name right here verdonk benjamin bossman's verdonk B-O-S-M-A-N-S. It's not as crazy when you look at it. Yeah, no, but, like, when you say it out loud, it's one of those where it's like, oh. 
Um, he transferred in from Illinois this offseason. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a big man on the team. He's also a law student here at South hmm. Carolina. Um, he's originally from Belgium, I think it is, um, and had – he said, you know, he graduated early from Illinois because he's smart and wanted to go to law school, and he came here because we have a good law school. So he still has eligibility. Going to law school and playing. And playing. The- he's got two years of eligibility. And he is going to be doing law school and playing basketball wise here. Wow, that's student athlete. Is he like? Yes. Yeah, that, is that he, is the, wait, so you say he's big man? Is he an actual center? He. I Remember we had no centers forward. last year. Okay. Well, you have three big guards on the men's team this year. Okay. In terms of, do we have an actual six, center? You got a lot of six eight, six nine. Uh, Josh Gray is a guy. I think he's quite. Well, who was here? Was he here last year? Yes. Okay. Um, I think he's from Ellis. Okay. I'm probably wrong about that. Um, but yeah, another good story by Griffin. Um, shout out Griffin. Then you have a nice little photo story called Often Overlooked about all the winter sports that are often overlooked. Oh, wow. Um, your swim and dive, your, your track and cross country, um, your tennis, um, the club men's hockey team, shout out Kai Hockey. I want to they have a games. game against Clemson this weekend. Hmm. Um, that'll be electric. Kai Hockey is Loki, one of our more popular sports now. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. No, no, yeah. That's why we included it. I mean, if you think about it from a strictly, like, logistic standpoint, more people have gone. If you went up to a random person on campus and said, hey, have you gone to a cock hockey game or a tennis match, they will say the cock hockey game. Um, we should have a pickleball team. I'd walk on for that. I think you should I would. I would nice. walk on. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, honestly, I, Max, I have a, let's start I have a set in my closet right now. I got two two thingies and I got ball. How, how am I just finding this out now? We should play at the Casey courts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've like been looking have, for a court to play, but they, they have, all cost like a dollar. Can't like, you I don't just wanna... play with half the tennis no, court? No, no, it's like a special. The case. Come on, Steven. I thought that's where they draw the. I thought you can you play in the um the little server boxes. You can play for free at the Casey Lake Resort. Or okay, whatever. sweet. Let's go yeah. this weekend. Okay, I'm down. I love that for you guys. Yeah, if yep. anybody's listening, meet us at the yeah, Casey, Casey Courts Court. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll have pickleball for tournament. everybody, but <laughs> just, just come and watch. Kind of bring your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be like a squawk meet and greet. B-Y-O-R, exactly. bring your own racket. <laughs> yeah. Um, another story we had, Lawson, our sports editor, wrote a feature about Aaliyah Boston, um, the queen herself. She's phenomenal. Um, I talked to her and got Lawson some, um, some quotes for this. Um, she was really good, obviously on the court, great person off the court. Um, I obviously think she'll win every award possible again this year. Hell yeah. Um, she'll be Love a number one. It. Shout out to Worcester Academy. Yeah. She'll be a number one. Uh, she'll be the number one overall draft pick in the, in the WNBA draft. I'd be extremely surprised if she's not. And then the story I wrote for print. Um, Let's go. I've not written a story for print since my freshman year. Um, where we did a commencement issue, like kind of during COVID, and I wrote. I remember that. It was. Um, was that look forward and backward or something? Uh, maybe. Honestly, <laughs> I don't honestly, I I don't think okay. I never saw it. Like it was our commencement issue. Oh, okay. Like, I never I never held the issue in my hand. Okay. Um, but it was essentially about. Uh, honestly, I don't even know if it got printed because we were in mm. COVID. Dang. So and that might have been a strictly online thing. Okay. Um. But I wrote like about uniform changes in the last four years in South Carolina, and it was the stupidest story I've ever written, and it's one of my most read stories ever. Yeah, that sounds, really that sounds interesting. Yeah, shout out to iHeart Mac and Cheese, which got me like yeah. six thousand views, <laughs> and it was basically a corporate press release. <laughs> you guys want to know what one of my top performing stories is? What's that? It's like my last day working at the state newspaper over the summer, <laughs> and I and I see we see a tweet that says Nikki Haley is saying congratulations to her daughter for getting engaged. I write, like, 200 words. And, like, the only reporting I really do is I, like, look up her name on Instagram and, like, <laughs> add a little bit of background from her. Like, I make some calls. Um, best story, like, top performing story. How many clicks? The, the hours of work, I don't know, it was probably, like, 20,000, something yeah. like that. Like, t- 2,000, I don't know. No, that's a big 20,000, 2,000. All of, all well, of those things, all those real-time things. I, I don't like know, that. actually. Don't, don't have anyone quote me. Okay, actually. yeah, sorry. No, my my favorite my uh my one of my top is about weed. Actually, I, I was writing about uh, <laughs> marijuana uh, or medical marijuana was supposed to pass the the state legislature, and my headline was likely to pass, but then it didn't. RIP, uh, but it still got a lot of clicks. So there you go. it should pass, please. Yeah, well, unless you're like dying of cancer, you wouldn't be able to use it. Oh, so. that's it tough. was really restrictive. I I think my my most read story 
with the Daily Gamecock was the student like at the the student gate fiasco that happened last. Oh, I was in that thing, dude. Oh, that was a really good. That's a that's a real story. That let's. Kaylee I was on Let's the scene on. there. <laughs> I did all the reporting and then had 2,500 words quotes and wrote like 500 words. Oh and then God. I called Kaylee. I was like, I need help. I, <laughs> this is not going to get written. And she came over yeah. and proceeded she to like. Ex she did ex-machina <laughs> that, that was crazy. She, I was... she did her editor-in-chief stuff and then took what I had and made it 100 times better and put her name on the byline and we both won an award. It was a really great story. You guys deserve that. Um, outside of that, though, before that, it was it was a review I wrote that was not a review at oh, all. Yeah. Um, Don Staley was in this Netflix documentary. Mm. And I was like, oh, we should write a review about it. And then I just proceeded to summarize what the <laughs> episode was. Because she, like, gave her five rules for life in it. And I was like, perfect. I'll just summarize what it, she it said. It read well, though. It, it, didn't, it didn't read, like, a summary. It, it was interesting. And yeah. I really appreciate that. But going looking back on it, I should not have put review in the headline. Like it was not a review in any capacity. Um, it was kind of a, more of a sports news thing. Honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of something like that. Um, lifestyle sports, cultural exactly. sports. Yes, I, it, it, honestly, it, I think it did go out in the lifestyle newsletter. I think it did too. Um, did we even have the lifestyle newsletter? Yeah, that was like after we had like first started it. Yeah, that was when Aaron was still in charge. Um, but yeah, so the print story I wrote um, for this print edition. Um, was about the senior class of women's basketball players. Uh, Letitia and me here and Aaliyah Boston, we already mentioned, but Bree Beal, Olivia Thompson, and Zaya Cook. Um, got to talk uh, with Bree, Aaliyah, Olivia, and Zaya um, one-on-one, which is really cool because um, they're, you know, kind of these larger-than-life, um, really good at basketball, but also really good people. Um, sat down and talked with each of them and wrote what I think is a good story out of it. Just about them, you know, reflecting on the last four years um, how they're kind of dealing with the fact that this is their last year. You know, a lot of them are basically like, it hasn't quite hit us yet, but then I'll just be sitting there and then I'll just start crying. Zaya <laughs> um, Cooks at her and Olivia Thompson were just like crying about it one day. And then, so I ended up getting some like, I think really good quotes out of it. Um, I think I wrote a pretty decent story. Um, I just want to point out, staring, obviously, listener, uh, this is an audio format, staring right up at me right now is the word snuggle up. Snuggle up with our winner favorites. Some advertisement on the back. Some advertisement. That's our proud sponsor right there. Excuse me. We're proud of our sponsors. Shout out to the University of South Carolina. We're editorially independent, but proud of our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was my story. Um, and then we have a photo gallery from the Garnet and Black Madness. Um, did any of y'all go to that? I don't chance? know. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. Then I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Um, it happened like the last week of October. It was essentially like a twenty-minute scrimmage for the men's basketball team. Okay. And they did a three-point contest and a dunk okay. contest. That was like a pep rally almost. Yeah, kind of. I think yeah. I think two people like had a chance to like hit a half-court shot for twenty-five grand. Don't know what oh, happened wow. with that because I didn't see anything on Twitter about it. Um, we got uh, Nola Dixon, that photographer. She got some really good pictures. Um, last yeah, year they did sweet. like a, the women's team did like a thing on Main Street. Yeah, they did. Um, they didn't do that this year. Oh, okay. I remember I went to that with um, Jacob. It was it was something. It was on. There was something on Lincoln Street. I think the men's team did that. T- was one. Yeah, no, they team. were together. There was okay. one that was on Main Street, and there was another one year that was on Lincoln Street. Okay. Um, it's been really cool. And they've done it in the past. This year they did it like on Halloween, the mm. night of their exhibition with um, Benedict. They did it. They did like a trick or treat fam fest type um. thing before the game. Um, yeah, and then next story, Peyton Butt, um, a sports writer, wrote something on Ashlyn Watkins, who's a freshman on the women's basketball team. Um, she's a local kid, um, went to Cardinal Newman High School in Columbia as a five-star, um, was a McDonald's All-American. Um, she's one of only three women in history to win the dunk contest at the McDonald's, McDonald's All-American game. Um, mm. So I think she'll play early and often, and we'll have a chance to, you know, not become the next Aaliyah Boston, but kind of fill that Make role. an impact, yeah. Yeah, when Aaliyah leaves. Um, and then one of the last pieces of actual, you know, article content that we have in here um, is just uh, by Destiny Austin, just a, a story about the South Carolina men's basketball, the veterans team, the veterans on that team and how they're preparing. <laughs> the veterans team. Yeah, the veterans team. <laughs> uh, how they're prepping for the season, you know, with roster turnover and new coaches and new systems and all that. Um Honestly, Hayden Brown is a guy that stuck out. He's a graduate transfer from the Citadel. 
comes in, he's like 24, 25, just an, an older dude, obviously, and, like, knows nobody on the team. Vague, like, sort of has a connection with uh, Coach Paris because they Lamont Paris was at uh, Chattanooga, and they're in the they're in the SoCon together. So played he took him to other. the tournament last year, right? Yeah, he did. He beat Furman in the um, SoCon championship game. He's going to take us to the tournament? On, no, not <laughs> this year. Not No, there's literally, on the topic of previewing the men's basketball team, I... I keep going back to being, like, thoroughly shocked or thoroughly surprised. I would be, like, floored if the men's basketball team made the tournament this year. Um, I think... We need something. Yeah, I... Every year I've been here, they just, like, first-round exit in the SEC tournament. Yeah, that's how it's going to be this year. <laughs> unless, they, okay. unless they get it together. I think Gigi will have a couple games where he just, you know, goes, like, God mode and puts up, like, 30, 40 points and puts the team on his back. But he's also still a 17-year-old kid, and he can't do that every night. I was uh, at the game where he was getting recruited against LSU last year, yeah. and we won that. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, I he, didn't know who he was, though. He's going to be good. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he'll be here for more than a year, though. Mm. He could have gone straight to overtime elite and played in the G League for a year before entering the draft. Um, I think this is a one-year stop, and if you're Lamont Paris and Ray Tanner and everybody involved in the men's basketball program, you hope it's kind of like a – momentum shift in this terms of you got one of the top recruits and now you hope other people will follow and then yep. you can you can attach your name to him forever if he if he's a lottery pick you can go hey lamont paris coached the lottery pick yeah. in south carolina we produce lottery picks we've we've carolina. had so many south carolina athletes like kg uh john morant yeah. uh zion all from ray south allen. carolina yeah ray yeah. allen a nope. lot of a lot of south carolina athletes that have gone on to the pros who did not play at south carolina mm-hmm. yeah I know Kevin Garnett was at Malden and then, like, transferred to New York, um, a New York high school, Ray Allen, child, like you mentioned, in Zion. There's an alternate universe somewhere out there where that <laughs> Final Four team for the men's basketball team came back, returned everybody but a few players, and then added Zion and Ja. Oh, God. Have, don't like, don't <laughs> have, get have, me like, daydreaming. P.J. Dozier, who's in, like, certified NBA, like, six-man role player right now. Yeah. Sundarius Thornwell was on the Clippers for a while. Yeah, Chris Silva. And then you have Zion Williamson. And John Morant. Yeah, that would have been sweet. That would that be that would be a really good team. Uh, but oh, that's wow. never gonna happen. In, nope. In the um, <laughs> now that it's we're back to, uh, you know, you can go to the G League straight away, and soon enough you'll probably just be able to go t- straight out of high school. It's like, eh. Yeah. But to wrap up the details, like the nitty gritty details of print, um, a lot of good content about the basketball teams. Um, it took you know a lot of work to get it in, and very proud of how it turned out. Um, I think the cover is really good. Shout out to Jillian for a phenomenal cover. Hey, all the designs are awesome. Yeah, all the yeah. designs. Print designs are always so great. Yeah, yeah the print is really uh, just like a worship design moment. No, yeah. for, for sure. And rightfully so. so. Yeah. yeah. Sabrina and the Laco sisters did a phenomenal job. Every other you know individual designer did a really good job too. The um, uh, no complaints. The how to understand basketball uh, graphic <laughs> is very funny. That I was a good I'll read. I'll show that to my yeah. girlfriend. I thought it was good. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, Steven can prove it too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I I did learn something from it. You know, I've never quite known what those terms forward and center means. I just imagine some context yeah. whenever people say them, but now I know. They're the two tall people. Yeah. Mm. What is a small forward? I heard you mention that word. It's the the short. less tall forward. Okay, so, like so there, there's point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Yeah. Also, why do you switch halfway through the game? That feels like a meaningless rule. Is what there a like disadvantage Wait, size? What? Like oh, played out in the oh. Well, that's just for spectators. Yeah. They do that in football too. Yeah. They do that every quarter. But like, what does it help? What does it give a spectator? So you can see, see your team on offense for half yeah. the game. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, if you're yeah. in that like end zone. I see. I see. Okay. Doesn't necessarily matter if you're in like. You know, if you're along the court, but if you're behind the basket mm-hmm. or behind the field goal, um, it gives you enough. That's why, like, in the student section, like, you can – sometimes you see us – you see Zach Connor score, sometimes you don't because, I mean, you literally see them, but far side, close side. Right. Yeah. Right. Just gives you the opportunity. Oh, I think that's why. I don't know if that's the, the – I would assume that's just for spectators. Yeah, I don't know. Um, because the sun would be in their eyes. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, uh, life arena, famous the blacktop. Because it would hurt you as much as it hurts them. Yeah. Right. Basketball, famous outside sport. <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. Rucker Park. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Rucker Park. They could do it on another uh, aircraft carrier. 
I, I missed those games. <laughs> it was one game, and then it got too, like, wet, and they canceled yeah. it, right? I It was, like, North Carolina and Michigan State or something. Yeah, I remember Draymond was. Um, so it was Michigan State. They should play Olympic basketball outside. <clears throat> that would be kind of cool. They should play Olympic basketball in, like, on, on an island. They should do it in, yeah, in, <laughs> in like, Athens. On a, yeah, exactly. In the Parthenon. Yeah. <laughs> Build a court in the Parthenon. You could, you could pack that stadium, too. <laughs> Have like a what? How many people do you think can fit in there? Probably a number. Google Parthenon? Nobody. Well, I'm sorry. The Coliseum? the Coliseum. Yeah, okay. like a hundred. That would be cool though. Do it in the Coliseum. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Parthenon wouldn't really work because it. I mean, yeah, you could make it work. You'd yeah. have to have like, there'd be no like no immediate fans. Like you'd have to build right. stands around the Parthenon. Well, actually, in the Parthenon, like just below it, is a, is a, a large Coliseum you could play in. Because they were all about their theater. We could play in the Parthenon replica in Nashville. Yes. Famous yeah. for Very when Percy Jackson inside, went up there right. and got the little thingy thing. I actually just went there recently. It's, it's really I awesome. drove past it this last weekend. It's really cool. Yeah. That was probably the coolest thing I did in Nashville. Honestly, looking at Parthenon pictures, you can just put up some bleachers in there. There's like <laughs> six feet between the, the like interior pillars in the wall. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. It could just be one hoop. It's like a pickup game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's cool what Olympic basketball Playing should be. Playing half-court rules. Yeah. Or just put it in the middle and no backboard. All right. Anything else? Anything you want to plug? Uh, um, people should check out. Let's see. What have uh, you been watching recently? Oh, um, I've been watching How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Um, I, well, never, I, I never watched that, but I finally started getting into it. Um, let me just go through my letterbox actually yeah, <laughs> and tell you what I've watched recently. We do have we do have Banshee's of in the Sharon talk to do too. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll make it quick. I'll make it quick. Um, I'll just give you what I've watched. Um, I started watching the Redeemed Team documentary the other night. Oh yeah. Um, about that. I mean, special that Olympic team. Um, I watched Death on the Nile the other day. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say what I watched and give you the, the rating so okay. you can all can shit on the rating. Okay. <laughs> Death on the Nile, three and a half stars. That's pretty generous. That's, that's like fair. I think I gave it three. Okay. R.I.P.D., one and a half stars. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, that movie is not great, but for its time, like I wish Wait, movies what is like that still came out. You know what I mean? R.I.P.D. Like, is just Men in Black, but it's a buddy cop movie, and instead of uh, aliens, they're dead people. Okay. And it looks terrible. It's, it is terrible. <laughs> it's, it's all But yeah. I'm still saying, I wish movies like that. Like, there's no just crappy movies you go pick up anymore. You know what I mean? Like, the crappy movies are just... What do you mean? There's one coming out this weekend. What? <laughs> That's what I mean! That's what I mean! They're all franchise shit. Like, like I want to just go... Like, I want to go to a red... I want it to be 2013 again. And it's Friday night, and I go to a Redbox, and I just you can still do that. Yeah, there it's are Redbox is the so. only place where you can rent movies now, like in person. Like I guess like the closest we get now are like Netflix originals, like like Red Notice and stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah, Max <laughs> and I watched that dream. Oh, oh, well, I didn't because I'm it's twenty. But oh, sorry, I'll cut say that Max. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I watched that. I watched Justice League for the first time. Gave it two stars. Um, I watched the Joss Whedon's. Uh, yeah, not the Snyder Cut. Not the five-hour. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote Just a review the on Justice that. League. Um, the Suicide Squad, I gave two and a half. Um, wait, wait, the, the Suicide? Or? The Suicide Squad. I watched squad. that, like, on Monday. I th- I was expecting it to be, like, fun, but I was like, this is, like, six hours oh, long. Oh, yeah, no, it felt very long. It was so um, long. And the fact that wait, they killed the, the giant alien at the end. No, that's the one with Idris Elba. It's oh. James Gunn. Why'd you get him confused, dude? I'm sorry, one has... I, I didn't realize the Will was, Smith I one is like two for a second. the Will Smith one is like one of the worst movies ever made. Okay, I gave so I gave him the exact same rating. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was just like I was like the fact that they made Idris Elba and Will Smith's character basically the exact same had the exact same like I don't know like the exact same I got to do this for my daughter type yeah. thing. I was just like come Wait, on. Which it's, one it's, has the the? In front of it? The most recent. The one. James Gunn one. Okay. Twenty twenty one. It's so sad. Viola Davis just like in the background of those movies. Yeah, I think it's she dumb that they just, killed the giant alien money. thing with a bunch of rats. Yeah, like, yeah. that's how you end that movie. I kind of love that part. Yeah, good, um, good for Viola Davis getting the paycheck. Yeah, yeah. I watched Untold, the girlfriend who didn't exist, that Manti Teo documentary. Um, as, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As a Notre Dame fan, um, that it was. I gave it five stars. A phenomenal documentary. Okay. Um, 
I, as a Notre Dame fan, it made me, one, hurt for Manti Teo so much, but two, also made me so mad <laughs> at the person who, like, catfished them. Yeah, that's the catfishing Because one. essentially that – I forgot their name, but they're now a woman. They were initially a man. Mm. Tra- uh, they transitioned. Um, but what they said, essentially, in, in it was, yes, I hurt Manti's reputation in his career, but I found me. And I was just like, that's an interesting take on that and so i thought that was kind of crazy um but it was on it was a really good documentary because you know there's so much false information about it um so are you gonna be a documentary filmmaker about sports michael are you gonna no i don't have patience for that Oh, okay no (laughs) i I did take uh sports multimedia storytelling which was essentially you know a baby documentary class okay um i just don't have the you know video talent i can do the interview that's about it i watched uncharted uh, oh, how was that? I want to see that. I gave it three. Um, okay. My Tom review Holland, of it essentially was it's a giant, high-effort, low-reward treasure hunt. Uh, will you clarify something for us? How well do you know Marky Mark's uh, filmography? <laughs> okay, yeah. If you had to... Okay, we were debating this earlier. Yeah. If you just say the name Mark Wahlberg, what is the first movie that comes to your head? Ted. See, I told you. It's and Ted. you it's know Ted. It's the best part? I have not seen that movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I've okay. seen clips of it, but the first thing I think of Mark Wahlberg. So what, what was the? It was Post and Courier, right? Yeah. I, no shame. I love all journalists. Yes. Except for bad journalists. But I don't know this journalist. But there's one. I'm sure she's very talented. She tweeted about. I guess in Greenville there was some gym. Mark Wahlberg was filming a movie here, and he couldn't get his workout in. So he must have. I, I don't know the story. Go read the story. Greenville Post and Courier. But they said like Mark Wahlberg put on his Instagram that he couldn't work out at this gym and then the gym like messaged him and then he came back to the gym and took a picture and got his workout or something like that but in the in the nut graph it reads Mark Wahlberg best known for his performance in Transformers oh my god best no, known for Transformers, Transformers? Like, you know, Shia LaBeouf right Mark Wahlberg that, that one in... dude who was in the army and that other one dude who was in the army for it the two, the two like main like army guys yeah Mark Wahlberg um, was in like the shitty one that nobody saw. It was yeah. like like Dark Side of the Nile. Or something. <laughs> no, no, Dark Side of the Moon is the third one, which is actually kind of good. Mark Wahlberg was in Age of Extinction, which is the fourth <sighs> one, which sucks. I did see that in theaters, though. Actually, I did too. My younger <laughs> well, I was. We were like twelve. <laughs> and you're Michael Bay boy. Yeah. Well, I wasn't at the time. I'm more actually. I like Michael Bay more now than when I was twelve. Interesting. But is that? Uh, and then if the, the last two, just I like went back all the way to like July real quick. Um, I watched both Deadpool movies for the first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Four stars. Um, I liked both of those. Excited for um, the next one with uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I think that'll be cool. I know it's totally you know Marvel doing Marvel shit. <laughs> but what are they the gonna same, even make it about? Is it gonna be rated know. R? I don't know. Probably it's Deadpool, right? I hope. I would assume it's so. M- but it's MCU. But so. it's also like I don't know. Loki with MCU. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, will they make it Loki, R because like, it's in... R-rated? That's a TV show, right? I meant Logan. Oh, Logan? Oh. oh. Well, that, no, that was... They were owned by Fox at that point, yeah, right? I don't... Was, I don't that wasn't was Disney. Was, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, sure? like... Yes. Yeah. Logan came out, like, 2016 or something. 17. No, we're gonna... We're roasting you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do not know your MCU stuff. Listen, Steven, don't you know which, like, mega corporation owns which superhero? Yeah, exactly. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I know it's all a bunch of, you know, stupid Marvel shit, but um, I think that'd be cool. Hey, we're talking about Black Panther next week on the podcast, so we can't hate. I'm excited to see how that goes um, as a preview to next week, I guess. I'm, I'm it's almost three hours long. That's what? my... It's two hours 40. Holy shit. I guess that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. I really like the first one. It'll probably um, be good. It'll probably I'm, be fine. I'm interested to see how they handle, you know, Chadwick Boseman dying. Rest um, in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Another South Carolina talented product. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. He went to T.L. Hannah um, oh, okay. High School. Um, no, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with that. Um, from, what I've, from what I've read online, this is no spoilers, but from what I've read online, all the Chadwick Boseman stuff is handled very well and is very touching and then the rest of the movie is like pretty good action mcu movie but like nothing amazing i'm just so glad like, they didn't do the star wars like uh carrie fisher not yeah. or like yeah that was sense. dumb yeah. that was so dumb they should have just or How she they, died but they they like deep faked no, I was saying they didn't cuz they didn't like deep fake uh they like, had an or op- they had grand moff tarkin too i love too. carrie fisher's death after they died, after she died, they had the perfect opportunity to like yeah. gracefully kill off Leia in the the eighth movie, I guess now, 
and they're like, she got blew up, she got flew into space, and she fucking Mary Poppins. <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah. Um, I like that movie more than most people that, but I think that dude, it's strange. Star Wars. They're space yeah, wizards. It's, it's a movie. It's a space movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> Playing so footsie. I, I don't want to hog up the rest of the podcast. I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Yeah, no um, problem. One last time before I graduate. Well, we, I mean, um, you, we paid you, so. Yeah. That's so <laughs> how um, it happens. Yeah, yeah the, again, sw- swiping the company credit card again. Yeah, yeah, you know. Exactly. Expensive. It's a tax write off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for letting me come on, guys. We'll see you that's around. Really all. I can't plug my Twitter. I was trying to get verified, but like now I can just buy it. Um, so I guess, yeah. Follow Michael yeah, on Twitter. I know. That was Are you going to do that? Too. I'm not going to pay to be verified. I'll, okay. I was no, like, realistically, I, can't afford I had like another year. I mean, hopefully I get a job. And so I, you know, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Six months in, I could, if I hopefully get a job, yeah. be a verified Twitter. I tried to get verified from Daily Gamecock, but no, didn't. That, no. Yeah. I tried no. to get verified from Gun Daily slide, Gamecock, you know. Gamecock Central, and the state, and it did not work for it. Yeah, it didn't work. Well, we look forward to what is next for you. So... That's correct, because I can't tell you because I don't know. <laughs> good, luck, good luck with graduation. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Banshees. Guys. Colin Farrell. Guys. Brandon Gleason. This is my movie of the year. I, honestly, I think it is mine, too. It's. I can't stop thinking about it. It is so good. I wrote I wrote a letterbox review. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, let's introduce the movie. Banshees of Inishirin, new release. Um, in wide release, uh this week, I believe, um, from Martin McDonough, uh, director of In Bruges, Three Billboards, Seven Psychopaths. Um, I feel like a lot of people saw Three Billboards. Yeah. Um, so you probably watched it on an that. airplane. But honestly, I like that movie too. honestly, Three Billboards is probably like the least Martin McDonough, Martin McDonough movie. Like it's probably the furthest from his quote unquote style, I guess. Maybe just because it doesn't have Colin Farrell in it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's an he's an Irish uh, playwright who became a movie director, and this movie is about two lifelong friends in uh, an island off the coast of Ireland who uh, all of a sudden get into a feud because one of them doesn't want to be friends anymore, and they kind of have little arguments um, throughout the movie that then escalate into a full blown kind of I don't know prank war I guess you could say, um, but it's a lot deeper than that. It takes place in like. 1923 or something like that during the Irish Civil War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of metaphorical stuff going on about right. uh, their friendship ending and people in Ireland fighting against each other in their civil war. So this is a very deep, layered film. It's also both hilarious and depressing at the same time. Um, just an expertly written screenplay. I mean, what do, you, what do you guys think about it? I think any movie that has the line... I'll have my donkey inside when I'm sad. Or, like, you can't tell me I can't have the donkey inside when I'm sad. But yeah. Like movie. Great movie. animals performances in this yeah, movie. Yeah, the donkey killed it. Jenny. Jenny the donkey. Also, Brendan Gleeson's dog. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So Great cute. dancer. So this, yeah. this movie stars out Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, and Carrie Condon, and Barry Keegan. And Jenny the donkey. And Jenny the donkey. Um, really, it's all around amazing performances like the year of Colin Farrell yeah they've been saying it 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 is the year of Colin Farrell he had After Yang which I still haven't seen I know I gotta watch it it's a great movie he was in The Batman obviously great Great movie he was in that Ron Howard movie 13 Lives which I haven't seen haven't seen it Um, probably not going to it's like two and a half hours straight to Amazon (laughs) right and then Banshees of Inishir he's got four like major performances this year he's Fully on the comeback. I mean, he's he has been for the last, like, ten years or so, but this is really the, the culmination, man. And he's probably going to get nominated for Best Actor for Banshees, and he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, he definitely does. So does uh, Gleason, though. Carrie like Condon should get Best Supporting Actress oh as well. Yeah. God, yeah. He killed it. I love that guy. I'll you mean her? Things. Oh, I'm sorry. The sister. Barry Keegan. No, Carrie Condon. Okay. His similar, sister. Similar last name. Keegan Condon. Yeah. <laughs> um... But she's really incredible in the film. Um, I just love these characters. I think that's why I really connected with it. Um, Colin Farrell's character is this this guy who um, he's kind of not. I wouldn't say dim-witted, but like he's much more like of an emotional person. He kind of just mm-hmm. goes through life and um, takes it day by day um, and talks about like a lot of mundane things. He's pretty regular, like average Joe, as opposed to Brendan Gleeson who 
is kind of a guy that has a lot of these big ideas about art and the meaning of life. And one day he decides that, like, Colin Farrell's bullshit is just he can't spend so much of his life just drinking and talking bullshit with um, with him. Um, and so he breaks off the friendship and Colin Farrell basically spends majority of the movie trying to figure out why he's broken off this friendship and how can he win him back. And then it escalates to the point where they start, you know, causing harm to each other. Uh, Brendan Gleeson at one point, this is kind of getting into spoiler territory, so just watch the movie first. Fair warning before you listen to the rest of this podcast, I would probably see the movie. Um, Brendan Gleeson threatens to cut off his fingers one by one if Colin Farrell keeps bothering him. His uh, his fiddle fiddler yeah. fingers. Which, it, yeah, it's the fingers he uses to play uh, his, fiddle. his fiddle to create the music that he wants the peace and quiet to create so like he's like you will destroy my life as an artist if you keep talking to me so shut the hell up um he does not shut the hell up he does uh you know cut off his fingers and throws them at colin farrell and gary condon's house they do uh, a great job with the the um audio of those like i can the hear thumps. the thud of yeah. the fingers hitting the door right right and it's like that they got the weight of Gleason-sized fingers perfectly. You know what I mean? Fucking huge. Based on the sounds, you could tell that it was Brendan Gleason's finger. Right, they used his real fingers. Yeah, (laughs) it was his method actor. He actually cut off. Yeah. Yeah. They just made a mold of his hand and real... What's that gel that's like the most human flesh accurate? I have no idea. Ballistics gel or something? I said this to Max in the theater, but it's funny that... um, Carrie Condon, you know, plays Stacey Ehrmantraut in uh, Better Call Saul because oh, no. now, now, now she's acted alongside two major fingers, you know? <laughs> we need we need at least one just, like, like insane, uh, eclectic Breaking Bad reference just every pod. <laughs> right. right. Hey, it's a Better Call Saul reference, not a okay. Breaking Bad reference. Shut the hell up, man. The <laughs> Gilligan-verse. Yeah, Gilligan-verse. Albuquerque-verse. Yeah. ABQ. Yeah. I love Shout out to the ABQ. What up, biatch? <laughs> Uh yeah um. So why did you why did you connect with it so much, Noah? It's a it's a tough question to answer, but I think like because I I liked it. I thought it was funny. I liked the dark humor. Um, I thought it was tragic. Um, but I mean, I I I didn't love it as much as I I think you two did. I still probably preferred Tar. I think I'm like a very introspective person that overanalyzes a lot of like my interactions and relationships and stuff and this movie like is kind of all about that like it's all about these people that are just overanalyzing things and the truth the truth that they kind of find is that like there aren't really always clean-cut answers sometimes people just feel things or think things and you can't really have any control but um when it disrupts your normal flow of life you're always like searching for those answers um and just kind of his Colin Farrell's character's like desperation and loneliness in the face of all this and the ways he copes with it, I just thought was like so brilliantly written. Um, I think it's not like I just see myself in, I think, uh, what's uh, Colin Farrell's character's name? Patrick? Porrick. Patrick. Parrick. Podrick. Parrick. Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't just connect with Parrick or Colm, who is Brangley's character. Like, I didn't just connect with Parrick or Colm. I connected with both of them in different ways. Like, Parrick, his very, his emotionality, his um, connection to his friends, like, um, the way he analyzes life. Like, I saw myself in a lot. But then also, Brendan Gleeson, the way Colm thinks about things in a much more, like, artsy, like, what is the meaning of this? How am I going to be remembered? Like, do I, how should I spend my time? Should it be on my relationships? Should it be on my passions? Um, And I thought that was a really interesting dynamic too and one that I connected with. So I think that like, no matter what type of person you are, there's something here for you. And I think there are a lot of people that would consider themselves more of a Shaban, which is Carrie Condon's character, Mm -hmm. that type of person who is, Mm -hmm. you know, much more independent but feels kind of drawn in and like she's thrown in the middle of these kinds of situations also also held back by uh by colin farrell right also uh, held... his his sort of dim-witted kind of um uh just like you know he's probably gonna uh, die where he's born kind of thing he's just gonna stay on that island for the rest of his life and he's fine with that so yeah i, I could see that people that feel you know, held back by the people around them would definitely relate to her. Yeah, for for most. such a, a a simple, almost super not superficial, but I mean, really, just a, a, a simple narrative. I mean, it's really like 
deeply uh, complex, and there's so much, uh, with at least thematically, there's so much to take away from such a simple narrative. And then as well, I mean, it's so rich with, with symbolism and metaphor. I mean, um, uh, McDonough, that's the actor's, right? Or not actor, director? Yeah, yeah. McDonough's the director. Uh, McDonough, I mean, his, I feel like his, his sort of stage uh, um, background really comes uh, into focus here just because with all of the... I mean, it's such a simple um, location. Just uh, pretty much everything happens on an island. Um, you see Civil War across across the, the pond there, but then everything else is just... Um, there's the pub, there's like two houses, and there's just so much uh, gained from just the, the surroundings. I mean, the banshees just walking, or the banshee walking around. Those parts are always so funny. The I mean, there's literally like a pale horse that Colin Farrell rides um, right before he, he burns down Brendan Gleeson's house. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, said, we, yeah, we, we said spoilers. Um, but I, mean, I don't know. I feel like one of the reasons I didn't connect with it was just because... I don't know. Like you're a cool guy who's got it all figured out. No, it's yeah. just like near the end, it was just like, I don't know. I don't subscribe to I mean, it was really tragic. Like, they're just really two self-destructive people. Right, yeah, that's um, kind of the point. Sometimes things are better left. Like, things don't always resolve themselves. Like, yeah. sometimes you make that cut, that sever, and you just have to live with that decision. I don't Not that it, it has to be like a, like, it has to be a, a, a closed kind of book, like, clear-cut ending with no loose ends just like i don't know i didn't i didn't find it as as satisfying and i don't know i feel like that's a a fair criticism but obviously it's really subjective because we two we all we three all watched the movie and have you know pretty different um takeaways from it yeah i mean i think the the ending is like i think it is pretty clear-cut in the sense that it's like they're just going to keep going in whatever cyclical sort of codependent relationship they have you know, it's not like it's going to, there is nothing to get better because there's, yeah. like, it's just, you know, this, the weird sort of relationship they have. People kept on talking about, like, how you need to, or they felt like they missed out on some of the narrative because they didn't know the ins and outs of the, the Civil War. That is pretty much the backdrop of yeah, the movie. I'm sure but, but, no, I really, I think the only thing you need to know about that is that they thought the Civil War ended in, in the movie. But obviously it went on for another, you know, almost 100 years. And then it finally ended, um, in the the 1990s, but I think the the thing there is just that you know they're not gonna they're not gonna stop um, bickering between themselves, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, or Colm and, and Podrick. So, I, I mean, I think it's like deceptively simple. I think know? the whole movie is probably deceptively simple. Yeah. Like it's not. You don't have to know any of the imagery. No, or for sure. Thematic content, like you don't have to buy into that. In fact, I really didn't the first time around. I was just laughing You'd at. You've watched seen it twice. Well, no, oh, oh. no, I no. Said, I, well, I, d- I said first time around. I just meant the time I watched it. Yeah, so <laughs> figure of speech. Um, no, I, I didn't connect with any of that. And, you know, watching it, I just kind of was looking for the emotional beats and laughing mm-hmm. at all the humor and the really crazy dialogue and the performances. And it just it swept me away, and especially the visuals, too. Um Steven, I know coming out of theater, you said you thought it was a little dark, but I thought it. No, I created, thought it was beautiful. But I thought it created I, such what, a what they do so much vibe. with such a, a small location. I mean, it's such a beautiful location, no matter how small it is. I thought it was beautiful. I, I have no problem with all, all, all. It really meant is my eyes were just a little tired. I guess I should have been a little <laughs> more awake. I just felt like I was like I sometimes couldn't see as well as I would have liked. But you know, I think that has meaning just as much as any other of the stylistic choices they made. Yeah, I mean, but it made me feel like I was in the pub with right. them. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, such a – I thought I, – I loved the simplicity of, of their life and how the film communicated that. Do you think you guys would be chill with just living on an island with a pub? That's yeah. all you do? Just farm? Low-key, they were like <laughs> – the entire movie, they're like, oh, we got to get off this island or whatever. Like, life here sucks. And I was like, bro, that seems lit. Like, you just, like, walk <laughs> yeah. the cows, like, up and down for, like, two hours in the morning, and then you go drink? Yeah, I, I thought – I read – I thought it was interesting um, – uh, I read one critic where he almost talked about like dichotomy of uh, of Colm and Podrick. How you know one is just uh, um, Podrick is just fine with where he is. He doesn't really care about the outside world. He he hears the the cannons going from the Civil War, but other than that, he really doesn't care. And then um, uh, Brendan Gleeson's character is really just he wants a lasting impact, but then also he he's um, interested in the the goings on like around him. And sort of outside of his world, and I think that's really interesting, just from a perspective of nowadays. You know, with social media, with twenty-four-seven um, cable, things like that, you can subscribe so much to the outer world, 
and you can get so wrapped up into it. I mean, last night is such a great example with the midterm elections, but I mean, you really don't have to do that. Like you can just you can be just like Colin Farrell's character character and just go about yourself and talk about you know the the goings on of your life and your your cows and things like that, and you, you'll be just as fine. So there were two scenes in the movie that I found like profoundly relatable and you know it's just sort of beautiful and, and meaningful is one of them is that scene where they're like with um keegan and farrell are are drinking and they're just like he's it's like i don't know there's just something so relatable about like finding friendship and the person that you're like oh i never want to be around there you know what i mean it's like everybody can relate to that scene of like they're like feeling so sort of heartfelt and like you know, despondent and isolated that, like, this one person who you maybe not, like, dislike, but would never have suspected is, like, kind of becomes, like, this central figure in, in your night. And, like, I don't know, it just adds a level of depth. So, like, that whole character was built so, so yeah. like, intricately through those little scenes and, like, his little stupid comments <laughs> and, like, with his relationship with his dad. That that was, like, one of my favorite parts about the movie is it's, like, you know, sort of it's sort of this pitiful guy. And the dominant like, character? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, like... You know, like, he wasn't even all that different than the other characters. Like, I, there was even times, I think, where, like, lines showed him being, like, more, you know, introspective and, like, not dim-witted. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand the what his death at the end was supposed to... I think, I think that was just um, supposed to be, like, um, you know, not, like, climax building, but because she was, like, two deaths will happen this... Yeah. You know, and so, like... I thought part of that was going to be the sister leaving, but... Yeah. So yeah, this movie, I I give it five stars. It's my number one of the year so far, and I don't give out five stars lightly. But uh, we talked about Tar last week. I like this better than Tar. I mean, they're very different movies. Um, For but sure, two great movies. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff out right now. Um, I think this is going to get nominated for a lot of Oscars. Yeah, I think so too. It did really well at the festivals, and it's. The critics absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I would be absolutely shocked if Farrell is not nominated for Best Actor. And his biggest right now, he's number two in the odds behind Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Oh. Um, which obviously, Brendan Fraser definitely has the narrative going for him. Uh, his comeback. I keep on hearing the movie is like Matt, but Fraser himself is. Right, which is what I think could maybe open up an opportunity for Farrell if people mm-hmm. think Banshees is a much better movie than The Whale. Which, by the way, the first trailer for The Whale was like 30 seconds of I footage did and then that, like yeah. 45 seconds of like critic quotes. It was kind of, yeah, it was it was a bad trailer. Um, but I hope The Whale is good. Um, it comes out in like three weeks, despite the fact that there's been like no marketing for it, which mm-hmm. is crazy because it's 824. Normally they do a Got like an eight-minute ovation or 12-minute ovation. <laughs> Standing ovation at Venice or something. Yeah, so it's all you need to know. I don't know what supporting actress is going to be interesting. I don't really think Carrie Condon she could get nominated. I don't think she really has a shot to win. But that category is probably the most wide open right now. Um, I think Blanchett is like the actress in a walk, and then supporting actor is pretty locked up for uh, K Hoi Kwan from Everything Everywhere. Looking oh. at the odds, um, would she not be lead? K Hoi Kwan. Oh, never mind. Okay. He's I still the, haven't watched that movie. He's the guy that plays... Wait, you haven't seen it yet? No. He's the guy that plays Short Round just in Temple leave. of Doom. Oh, yeah. What? What do you mean just leave, bro? What? <laughs> I still have time. No, and I saw that movie together. Okay, well... Yeah, we did. I, I just, with Ian. Yeah, with Ian. I, just didn't, see, I didn't see it... <laughs> I didn't see it in theaters, and I just haven't gotten around the time to watch it myself. Steven, you're going to hate me, but uh, it's the lowest of my four-star ratings for this year on Letterboxd. It's number 12 of the year I, for I me. I love it, but, I, you know, I, I would say it's one of the best movies of the year, but it's not um, it's not better than Banshees of Inisherin, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I have recency bias. My, I'll, I'll run really quick, uh, then we got to go. Yeah. I'll run down my, uh, my top 15 for you for this year. Uh, 15, New Scream. 14, Doctor Strange 2. Uh... 13, Barbarian. Goaded movie. 12, Everything Everywhere. Uh, 11, Men. Uh, 10, Vengeance. 9, The Bro, Northman. Vengeance, that's so, nah. I know you hate that. So, don't I don't like, hate it. It's just so corny and I, self-serious. I liked it. I liked it. 9, the, well, th- that's my, we can't, we don't have time to argue about this, but my whole argument is that it's not self-serious. Uh, number 9, The Northman. 
Number eight, nope. Number seven, ambulance. Six, Elvis. Five, the Batman. Four, Top Gun Maverick. Three, Tar. Two, uh, John Boyce's Captain Ahab, the story of Dave Steeb. Incredible documentary you can watch on YouTube about a Elvis baseball pitcher. Elvis in front of uh, Northman and Nope. It's so it's, that's horseshit. That is yeah, absolute dog. Elvis was incredible. I, I that think was, it was incredible. But I Elvis think might be. Than... Elvis was like three I hours had, of math. okay. Not gonna lie, I thought the Northman was a very impressive technical achievement. No. But did I enjoy watching it? Not. Dude, really. that shit was hype, bro. The last the the fight scene at the end. That was there amazing. were some good there were some sequences that were fun. I I love Northman overall though. Think it's, yeah. yeah, like I, it would be probably. It's like, like three or four for me. Like you know, it's not top seven, not top eight. And then number one, Banshees of Inisherin. Like yeah. where was Tar in that too? Second, three. Oh, okay. behind Captain oh, Dave Steve. Okay. Dave Steve, baby, and oh, go check this out. John Boyce just released a new documentary coming out tonight. When we're recording this, it'll be out by the time you hear this called The People You're Paying to Be in Shorts, and it's about the history, the troubled history of the Charlotte Bobcats, which I am so excited for, because that'll be his third documentary project of the year. Um, you used to be a big Charlotte Bobcats fan. You? I went to a couple games as a kid, and I thought that was... That's probably what, why you don't follow yet, sports yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now the Hornets. So, yeah. yeah, you're that's... And you still didn't know the difference between a small forward and a center. Nope, I don't. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, rating for Banshees, five out of five for me. Four. Five out of five. Let's go. Five out of five. I would have been disappointed because Steven's definitely much more generous with his it ratings had, yeah. than Max it and I are. A, it has a cute-ass little donkey in it. Yeah. A donkey dead donkey, bro. Damn show. It's straight into my top 100 of all time. Isn't there another donkey movie this year? Eeyore or something? Have you seen that? You <laughs> I sure have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I think we'll end on that. <laughs> All right, everybody, catch us next week for our review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Watch uh, uh, watch Banshees and pick up a copy of Switching Seasons. Yep, do that. See you all next week. Thanks Bye. for listening. Peace. This podcast is hosted by Noah Trainer, Stephen Passis, and Max White. Edited and produced by Noah Trainer. Intro music and logo by Stephen Passis and Bryson Carroll. Created by Michael Sauls.